PPI rose 0.7% in January, higher than the estimate of 0.4%, right? That's 6% year over year. So the positive though, it's, that's down. That's down from 6.5% last month. Yeah, not a whole lot of positive in that, but I, I appreciate you taking the attempt to trying, spin that positive. Trying. This all to say was somewhat of an apartif, right? Retail mm-hmm. sales jump, wholesale prices rose. Mm-hmm. Now we get into the main course. The main course is CPI. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Oh, I love it when you push my record button. (laughs) Oh, wow. I've been waiting for you to touch that all night. (laughs) Retail sales jumped 3% in January, smashing expectations despite inflation. That's good news, right? No, that is terrible news. Right, right. You know, kind of like the jobs report, kind of like the inflation report, kind of like everything really. PPI. Yeah, sounds really good. Oh. Really, really bad. Yeah. Then we're going to take a little trip down. Wholesale prices rose to 0.7% lane in January. Mm. More than expected, fueling inflation increase. Noticing a trend here? Yeah, exactly. Then we'll hop on over to CPI showing that the U.S. inflation is still sticky and slowing grudgingly in january and i think they chose this article because the word grudgingly was in there y'all hoping you catch me slipping yeah okay i wanted to reading is fundamental but i got that one (laughs) you did (laughs) all right and this would be a good point to pause and say you know what we said that inflation would get sticky around 6.5 percent we did say that okay kudos we we call that months ago yeah good for you sir. that's why you're the chief economist of the higher standard podcast thank you sir all right, consumer debt hits a record of $16.9 trillion as delinquencies also rise. I believe we also called that. The Fed's Bullard, I like to call him part of the B team, we'll explain later, <laughs> <laughs> said that further rate increases would lock in disinflation, which I'm not even sure is a word. I actually looked that up. Did you really? I'll, I'll go into that breakdown. Disinflation? Mm-hmm. You can't just put dis in front of something and say that it's a oh, word. Yeah. yeah. Disinflation like that? Yeah. Distraction? That's not yeah. a word. <laughs> Uh, Zillow says the home price correction is winding down. They're pandering more bullshit to realtors. Here's 28 other forecast models had to say. Mm. Nobody cares. Yeah. It's Zillow. And the same day that comes out, Black Knight vis-a-vis Yahoo News comes out with some pretty grim, uh, you know what, really grim information as it relates to the housing market. In their article, it says, here's where the home prices are dropping the most. And we're going to go painstakingly long in that segment because mm. I like to rub in that you can't trust a man with Ram in his last name, 
every single chance I get. Every time. I don't care if it's Gordon Ramsay. I don't care if it's Ramsay from Game of Thrones. I don't care if it's Dave Ramsay. Yeah. Can't trust All a man with Ram in his last name. Or his first name. Gordon. Is there a man Ram? Yeah, Ramsay from Game of Thrones. I just said that. Were you not listening? Yeah, see, I don't really watch Game of Thrones, so that, I thought yeah, that, that was the last name, not a first name. It. We just lost all our listeners. No, Game of Thrones is kind of weird, bro. Wow. I, look, I'm just saying, like, I'm into sci-fi. I like all that. I like, you know, your period pieces, but I just couldn't get into the whole, like... I'm going to say it. Game of Thrones is better than Harry Potter. First of all, that doesn't offend me. Yes, okay? it does. You are a you Harry know, Potter fan. You know who fan. that offends? <laughs> See, that offends Carolyn from FTX. That's what that offends. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't offend me. You're not going to get me with those hooks, brother. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you would like to stay focused, we can talk about retail sales. Oh. According to CNBC, baby. According to CNBC, retail sales jumped 3% month over month. That's the largest increase in the past year. Mind you, the last two months, November and December, they experienced declines. So this is going the wrong way, right? Um, now we're there. They blew out expectations, which were only one point nine percent. When you stripped out autos and U.S. retail sales increased nine percent year over year. So this would be a good point time to point out that you sometimes hear these numbers that sound incrementally small, one point nine percent versus three percent. But when you're talking about the aggregate total number. These are massive swings. And when these numbers are supposed to be going down, not up, right? this is working counterintuitive to the things that normally would happen anytime consumers start to pull back from their spending when mm. we're increasing inflation or increasing interest rates to try to bring down inflation. So this is not the way things typically work when monetary policy is acting the way that it is. At least not the way they want it to work. Certainly not the way they want it to work. And I would say, again, we've said on the show that you can't expect a normal recessionary response to 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation. We had unprecedented events that got us here. Right. Why do we think the result is going to be anything besides unprecedented? Exactly. So, yeah, the Fed has done all these things, but retail sales jumping, we've got employment numbers that are super low, 3.4%. Mm-hmm. Went down, not up. Went down. Added 517,000 jobs. And consumers aren't worried about finding a new job because here's what happens when you have unemployment that low. Mm. You know, Saeed, you're fired. <laughs> Just like that? Just like that. Go get another job. <laughs> easy. All you got, well, not easy, but not I'm, super hard. There's 1.9 jobs out there for every unemployed person. Yeah. And you're a thick boy. So I can fill two of those. <laughs> you can fill two of those jobs. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is, is that's the problem. So consumer confidence hasn't dropped off. You spin that up with something that I think we're seeing more of, and we haven't talked about on the show before, mm-hmm. than any other time in the economy. Yeah. And any other time in the world, frankly, social media, news, we're just getting blasted from all angles mm-hmm. with different articles about swinging biased perspectives you saw it in the last election, right? Everybody had an agenda. Everybody was polar, this or that, right? Mm-hmm. But we're seeing it from everywhere. Zillow's got a positive spin because they have an economic interest in spinning it to realtors. Right. And the people paying for their leads. Yet you got other firms like Black Knight who puts out data. We're going to talk about both these stories later on, on the same day. And it is literally the complete opposite conclusion. Mm. How does that happen? And the sad part is the consumer will believe what they are predispositioned to believing. Mm-hmm. That's why you see so many people in certain segments talking about, oh, this is not this is not a thing. You see, I know seasoned bankers who have been in this business for 40 years who have literally said on every Fed interest rate increase, that's it, man. They're, yeah. they're going to break the system, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's not going up, man. That, that's it, man. It hasn't broken the system. 
If anything, it hasn't done anything. And it's just there, there's just so much bias. It's 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 hard to parse through and really look at real data and say, okay, this is legitimate. This is good. And even when we thought we were going to say, okay, we've had two negative quarters of GDP growth. Let's just accept this is a negative two. Yeah, two quarters negative consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Mm-hmm. The caffeine's kicking in now. Yeah, <laughs> and the White House would come out and then refute that that was actually the technical definition of recession. Right. So here we see wholesale prices rising 0.7% in January, according to another CNBC article. More than expected, fueling inflation increase. This after retail sales jumped unexpectedly. Right. Right. So let's remember just a quick refresher on PPI. This is when uh, like what businesses pay for for their products. Right. And then with when those prices go up, they pass those prices on to the consumers. The PPI is an acronym for the producer price Mm -hmm. index. Right. Not to be confused with other people's property. Right. Reflects wholesale prices suppliers charge for their products. So if these prices are going up for them. How am I going to give old school rap references? I get no acknowledgement from you. You just went right through that? (laughs) Right through that. I just want to let the people just soak that in. It's got to be subtle. We got to acknowledge it every time? Yeah, bro. That was brilliant. Was it? That was like Socrates level. I mean... I can't name one thing Socrates said. I'm pretty sure he said OPP. <laughs> That's the one thing I really hated about law school, by the way. What? Was a Socrates? Method. Yeah. Socratic method? I hated that. I love it. That's how I treat you on the podcast. <laughs> That's how you see about paying attention. For those who don't know, it's the Socratic method is when you they do this routinely in law school. They just ask you questions until you give an answer. But it is remarkably unique at making someone feel stupid. Yeah, but then the, everyone else in the class learns. <laughs> Learn from yeah. one person being like yeah, called exactly. out and marked. Yeah. So let, let's try it on the intern, shall we? Yeah. Right, let's, let's try do it. Ready, ready, ready. Here we go. Uh oh, you're on the spot. Hey, Arun. Yes. When we were preparing the articles for today's show, did you did you read them? No. <laughs> oh. And why didn't you read them? I just didn't have time. Do you think that's a satisfactory answer? No. And yet, still, you say no. Is that what you're saying? Correct. And how does that make you feel about your responsibilities? Poor. So. You have poor responsibilities, what you're saying to me? This is so identical. <laughs> this is exactly how it happens. Yes. So you have poor responsibilities and you're happy to acknowledge that. Why are you here? Entertainment from you two. No. So you're not an intern then? I'm a partner. You're a partner. <laughs> you're a partner. In which you're not contributing. Right. I am here. I have the notes. I have the deck ready for us. And but Arun, that wasn't the question. Did you read the articles? No. It's not my responsibility talking about the articles isn't your responsibility to contribute by being part of the discussion being well prepared well prepared yes but being part of discussion no do you feel like you're well prepared in this particular set of circumstances not knowing the topics of discussion today yes (laughs) 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 but this is exactly this that's exactly how law school is that's exactly except it was with cases though and they'll just ask those pepper you with questions yeah and the idea is it's supposed to be a philosophical debate but really it's just more of like badgering the hell out of somebody until they want to punch you in the face right yeah yeah and now all your classmates hate you and you've lost all your network unless you're that one asshole Mm -hmm. who knows who knows the answer to everything and it's like well technically speaking yeah what he really meant in this case was that the agenda the biased agenda that you got from the constitution here being interpreted by the prior jurisprudence was clearly manipulated in order to get the result they got and now now that now the professor has scared you straight you'll prepare your hardest for every single class the rest of the year and guess what won't call on you Another time. And the worst part is they make you stand up when they do this. Yes. You stand up in front of the whole class. Yeah. Do they still make you do that? 
I mean, I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. I mean, if you bring them virtually, you stand yeah. up while someone's doing it on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Stand up, boy. <laughs> right. All right. Well, so, so PPI rose 0.7% in January, higher than the estimate of 0.4%, right? That's 6% year over year. So the positive, though, it's, that's down. That's down from 6.5% last month. Yeah, not a whole lot of positive in that. But I, I appreciate you taking the attempt to Trying. spin that positive. Trying. This all to say was somewhat of an apartif, right? Retail mm -hmm. sales jump, wholesale prices rose. Mm -hmm. Now we get into the main course. And the main course is CPI. Mm -hmm. CPI, the cost of living, rose 0.5% in January. It's the biggest increase in three months. Mm -hmm. Higher housing costs, ding, 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 win for the higher standard. Yeah. And gasoline prices accounted for most of the increase. Economists polled by the Wall Street Journal had forecasted a 0.4% advance in CPI last month. This according to Market Watch. And I got to tell you, I believe we said on the last show, so two shows prior to when you hear this, mm -hmm. we said that we were concerned that inflation would get sticky around 65 to 7% because housing was such a significant component of CPI, of inflation. Right. And if home values have not gone down... And I believe that they have. We're just not seeing the reporting accurately here. I think that's a huge, huge impact. And that's why you're going to see this continue to struggle to go down at the cadence that you saw in the previous couple of months. Right. I think Shelter made up half of that 6.4% uh, mark, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Wholesale gasoline went up 6.2%. Shelter via the rent and rent equivalent. Right. Yes. Exactly. So that that's really what, what led to that that high CPI print, which is which is scary because there's not a whole lot of inventory of real estate on the market. So what's that going to do? It's going to keep these prices still relatively high. So mm -hmm. if you're thinking about this big picture, if shelter is not going to come down and that's going to make up a huge chunk of this report, then that rate's going to stay high, which means bad news for the Fed, and they're going to keep reacting to it, right? So here's what I think is, is going to happen. And this, this is, there's no evidentiary basis for me to say this this is just my supposition based mm -hmm. on what we've seen and some of the stuff we're going to talk about later on in the show mm -hmm. i truly believe that inventory will come back to market and we'll start to see the impacts of values coming down in places like salt lake city in san francisco and san jose in certain parts of arizona we're going to specifically call out in that segment later on in the show the areas where real estate values have gone down and i'll tell you it's going to be shocking yeah, a lot of people are going to hear these numbers and be like, "Wait, how? How is that? How is that possible? I'm not seeing this in my market, or I, I don't, I don't feel that." Mm -hmm. But these are this is raw data coming straight from Black Knight, which is one of our favorite data sources. Yep. But before we do that, I'd like to point out that inflation, I think, will be impacted by this. But we've talked about it before that housing is a lagging indicator. Home prices, right, are a lagging indicator. It takes time for that for these things to come into fruition. And I believe that we are in a recession. And I believe that this lagging indicator is going to take frankly, uh, several more months in order to materialize in, in frankly, the numbers that we're seeing reported mm -hmm. in the overall zeitgeist as far as how the media is accepting it and people around you are accepting it. Right. And then, then you're going to start to see it bringing inflation back down. Right. And how you're going to see this is because right now, interest rates on, on a majority of these homes that are out there, right? We know that they have 2% handles, 3% handles yeah, on them, right? So people are still able to afford these prices. But Consumer debt went up. I don't know if you saw this. It went up. It rose 
to $16.9 trillion. That's up $1.3 trillion from a year ago, mm-hmm. right? Largely attributed to probably, you know, inflation. Co- things cost more. People that were living paycheck to paycheck are buying things up with their credit cards. Couple that with interest rates going up. So their payments on the credit cards are now also going up. Delinquencies are now starting to come through the roof. So you can see it's starting to build, right? And I, I think we've been sounding the alarm on, on the non-household debt thing for a while. Yeah. And I've been attacked a lot on social media by this. I think people don't understand that the makeup of non-household debt, specifically credit card debt, mm-hmm. is, is such a significant problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it is legitimately a serious problem. And, and I'll take so mortgage loans considered a in a serious delinquency of 90 days or more rose to a rate of 0.57%. Which is low. That number to me is not alarming despite the slight pickup. But the fact that it doubled. Yeah, I, right? I, get, I get it. But that to me isn't alarming. Doubling at this point in time isn't alarming. I wouldn't I wouldn't warn I wouldn't ring all the, the warning bells now, but the consumer debt load. Right. But what at historic you... high interest rates. Yes. That's a problem. But so exactly. That is a problem. But okay, when things like this are doubling, granted, that's a low rate of increase. But when things like that are doubling at a time like this, when we know People are starting to lose their jobs. Interest payments on all this debt is starting to go up. So people aren't going to be able to afford some of their payments that they have. When things start to double like this, albeit small, it starts to be alarming. It's a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But there's too many variables right now for me to really understand and and really appreciate how much of this may or may not have been because of COVID-related pandemic restrictions how much of this was, you know, banks trying to work with clients. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say right now. And there's just not enough raw data coming in. And frankly, not enough that I've seen mm-hmm. that makes me really feel like there's a serious and legitimate concern. Now, if you ask me about small business loans that are that are index plus margin based pricing. Right. I am very scared for them. Right. Very scared for them. If you're if you're a small business owner and you've been in business for the last 15 years, you started your business in the middle of a recession maybe towards the end of one, mm-hmm. and you've been in one of the most prosperous economic periods. I literally had a kid to me say the other day, and, and it was a kid, I checked his profile because I'm a stalker, on social media, Bitcoin's different than crypto, man. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's got a finite quantity. Once they mine, they're, they, they're, it, it acts more like a, com- a commodity, and I'm like, I don't think it's got a future. How can you say that? It's been around for 13 years, and I'm like, that's why I said it. Yeah. 13 years. Yeah. Hasn't lived through a cycle. Yeah. Look at look at the way this works. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with many small businesses. I've been in business for 15 years, Chris. Okay. I'm sorry. You've not been tested yet. Yeah. I know it's been hard to be a small business owner. I know the challenges there. But if you got a revolving line of credit or you got some AR secured debt to grow for capital purposes, right. and you've been deploying that capital and your payments have been relatively stagnant for a long period of time because there wasn't a whole lot of interest rate volatility, and now you got an index plus margin... You got your Wall Street Journal Prime, mm-hmm. 7.75%. Right. Right? Plus whatever your margin was, let's say it was 2%. Goddamn. 9 point something percent, almost 10%. Those payments have changed dramatically in the last year. Oh, yeah. And people who normally had debt load payments they could skip by, they, they can't skip by anymore. So I, I have a lot that I worry about, frankly, in, in that particular niche. I think the home stuff, I think that'll be a later worry. I think it's going to come, but I, I don't know that it's going to be at, at the... What we saw during the Great Recession, I really do think this recession, like all, like every recession, is going to be a snowflake. And I, I really worry about non-household debt, mm-hmm. credit cards, spending, buy now, pay later, all the stuff that we ring the alarms on. I'm really worried about how the housing market will impact things like CPI because 
if the Fed can't make a dent past where we've been here in CPI, they're going to continue to raise interest rates. And one of the things that the Fed's Bullard, um, St. Louis president, St. Louis president of the Fed, said in his quote to Reuters that further rate increases would, quote, lock in disinflation. So he said that recent data showing inflation showing less than market expectations was, and I'm quoting here, consistent mm-hmm. with his outlook that the battle to cool the pace of price increases will be a long one and had not mm, so far changed his view. I hesitated because I got something I want to say about that because his view is not as impactful. That a, a Fed policy range of 5.25% to 5.5% would be adequate for the job, suggesting that maybe that 6% target that we've started to hear like this small Rumbling minority about, right? rumblings of. So we should talk about, so the Fed, the Fed Reserve has seven people as their, as their voting members that's named by the president. Right. Seven and, voting members out of the conf- 12, right? And, and, conf- and confirmed by the Senate. Right. Uh, Bullard ain't one of them. <laughs> he's on the team B. Yeah, he's on the B team, you know. <laughs> If somebody decides they want to have a heart attack or stroke one day, he might get named by the president right. and might get confirmed by he's the no president. He's no Neil Kashkari. He's not, he's not, he's not Neil Kashkari. He wishes he was, though. You know, if, if your last name is Kashkari and you get named to the Fed, like how much of a gangster do you yo, I'm Cash. Yeah. They gotta call him Cash, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, you gotta be yeah. yo, Cash. Yo, what's up, Cash? We, we positive and negative this month, brother. Yeah, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's you gotta they, they right. gotta be drinking alcohol either, right? hundred <laughs> percent. Easy. Yeah. yeah. No, but so with that 6.4% CPI, you know, report, what that shows more than anything is, okay, like you said, it's sticky. That sticky icky. I knew you were going to make it. See, I knew you couldn't resist the temptation. All right, let me get some love. Some of us, no, you get no love. That was was an easy gimme. OPP was way better. It was better. Way better. Um, Too easy. Low hanging fruit. But (laughs) it's sticky icky, right? And so we now know that that... that's not dropping as rapidly as dropping as rapidly, dropping as rapidly as it was <laughs> from nine point one percent in June. You give me shit every time I I, I say something wrong. Yeah, yeah, so right. I'm giving no, it I back. deserve that. I'm I deserve that. Yeah, I know you deserve it. I don't need to tell me you deserve it. Yeah, yeah. You that's why I did it. I allow you to go ahead. Stop. So we went from nine point one percent in June to now six point four percent in January. So what this means is the Fed has more work to do, a lot more work to do. And they're not going to ease up for anybody. He's made it very, very, very clear how they're going to act. So you can pretty much lock in my prediction of not only 25 whoa, basis whoa, points. Whoa, my prediction? What kind of shit is it? What, I thought it was our prediction. No, you said you, said you were still on the fence last I time I said this. I was on the fence, but When I said this like... two episodes ago. Wow. Yeah. You're going to really like like episode check me now? Yeah, episode check. Yeah. Wow. Do that. But honestly, here's here's the other thing that I was thinking about. Tell me what what are your thoughts on this? I don't like anything you think about. Yeah, I know. You're wrong. Especially when I think about FaceTiming you. <laughs> you get cheeks. Four cents. Four. <laughs> the Fed acted too quickly from dropping from fifty basis points to twenty five basis points. Ooh, controversial topic. Mm-hmm. You wanna yeah. know how I know we're nerds? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I, I think the problem is not that. I think the problem is the pain on the banking system. Mm. And, and here, can we take a little sidebar about the Fed? We take sidebars? We take sidebars here. Let's do it. Can we take a little trip down Fed facts lane? Okay. I prepared this today. Did you? You prepared? No, I asked ChatGPT, but it gave me some great stuff. <laughs> great stuff. I, I like how you're being honest. I am being honest. So the Fed is the central bank of the United States. It was established in 1913 to ensure a stable and secure monetary and financial system in the country. 
Okay. The Fed is independent is an independent organization, which means that it is not controlled by the government or any other political institution. But think of the hypocrisy in that statement. Yeah. It's not controlled by the government mm-hmm. or any other political institution, yet we constantly hear Democrats and Republicans arguing about the implications of the Fed to what they're doing and then try to run their campaigns based on the influence that this president may have had on where the economy's gone. Right. Is it really the president's monetary policy? Right. Or is it a combination of all these things? Because we know we've talked about it. Hindsight, right? Monday morning quarterback, Jerome Powell is a little late to the party. Oh, he, but he, he admits that. He does admit that, yeah. But then to go even further into this conversation, it says that it's not controlled by the government, yet you have to be named by a president to be one of the, the seven members that vote. Yeah, exactly. And confirmed by the Senate. Yeah. What kind what? of horseshit is this? Kind of, government and politics. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the... So you have to be you have to go through the government and politics to be named as one of the seven. You're not gonna tell me they're not gonna have any yeah. loyalties at all, right? Exactly, and they're not influenced at all. It just seems a little sus, a little sus. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel comfortable saying that still. No, like, I keep trying to. It's not. It's not. It's not sounding sexy. The Fed is headed by a board of governors, which consists of the seven members appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about functions, shall we? Let's do it. You ready? Give it to me. You ready for it? Give it to me. Say it. Look me in the eye. I want yeah, to give it to you. Yeah, all all right. right. Monetary policy. Shocker. This is not new news to the chief economist, the higher standard, but to the rest <laughs> of the listeners. The Fed is responsible for setting up the country's monetary policy. It does this by controlling the money supply, adjusting interest rates, and managing inflation. Right. How's that working out? He's trying. He's, <laughs> he's trying. This, this guy's like, come on, people. He like, could not have hiked more in the he, last year. Yeah, he sent all the signals. He's like, y'all don't even have to read the tea leaves. I'm going to do it for you guys. And yet people are still going out, spending money on retail. Businesses still charging, you know, and paying for all the supplies at absorbent amount of, you know, fees. I'm just like, what? what, what is he supposed to do? Lie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I, y'all can't be trusted. Well, believe it or not, the Fed actually has other responsibilities. Like jobs? Nope. Supervision and regulation. The Fed supervises and regulates banks and other financial institutions to ensure their stability and prevent a financial crisis from occurring to the extent that they can. Hence why they're the attempt at a soft landing. So believe, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah. Softies don't get the job done. Okay. Right. But the jobs element is really a byproduct and one of the major indicators for their core monetary policy responsibility. Exactly. So the other one, the other responsibility and function of the Fed is payment services. And this one is super, super big in the news lately because if you're a crypto bank and you want to get access to the Fed, this is what you wanted them for. Mm -hmm. The Fed provides payment services to banks and other financial institutions such as clearing and settling transactions. So if you're you're a crypto institution, you want to become a crypto bank and you want to have access to clear and settle transactions, giving you direct access to go from crypto to the U.S. dollar and settle those transactions in your own accounts. You got to get the Fed's approval to do that. And guess what, I guess what they're not doing. And they said, absolutely. Hell, hell no. Fuck no. Hell no. Right. Exactly. No. Checking IDs at the door. No. You would look like you're 19. Your name is not McLovin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you ain't getting in. It's true. They have another responsibility, economic research. The Fed conducts economic research to inform its monetary policy decisions and to better understand the economy. Mm -hmm. Yet, every single time I have heard them as of late quote something, it's been from like the Bureau of Labor Statistics and everybody else. So I don't really know if that's true. 
but apparently they have well, they're a, a rely- function they're, of economic research. Well, yeah, they're they're relying on all data points. Right? I guess, but if, I mean, this is this is according to them is they conduct their own economic research. I don't know about seven people sitting around in a room like you know smoking stogies going twelve people right. Well, twelve people, but seven, seven people of them actually votes, vote. Yeah, that's got to be really like they're on the bench. Yeah, the other five are on the bench, dude. That just does, that seems mean. So what are you doing there? You can't vote. <laughs> they're just waiting. What do you mean? So it's like Neil Kashkari goes over and goes, "Hey Bullard, what do you think? What do you, what's Kamala doing? What, what do you think? Kamala's just sitting on the sidelines waiting. Have you heard anything about her lately? Nothing. Is she alive? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. I haven't heard anything. <laughs> like nothing. Like you know how like Pence was even. I used to make fun of Pence as being kind of a coward and a weird dude. Right. And like he, I, he, he always struck me as you know kind of like the passive passive one in the relationship, right? <laughs> okay. Like he was definitely the yin to somebody else's yang. hundred percent. Right. And, you know, I would make fun of him, but he would be in the news every once in a while. I haven't seen Kamala Harris in forever. I haven't. Nope. I, does she even live in the White House? Uh, how, how are we hearing more from Bullard? You do. I, yeah. hear, I see Jerome Powell a whole hell of a lot more than Kamala Harris. <laughs> I swear to God. But, all right. Well, the Fed's operations, the Fed's main tool for controlling monetary policy is the Fed funds rate. Right. Which is the interest rate the banks charge each other to borrow funds overnight. Right. So we pretty much guaranteed... 25 basis point in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 22nd. I think, so. I think, I think guaranteed, guaranteed. Guaranteed another 25 basis points in May. It is looking more and more like that. Consensus on Bloomberg was about 84%, a slight mm-hmm. creep up from the high 70s, uh, low 80s mm-hmm. that I've seen recently. So, But it hasn't moved dramatically. Right. Yet, I think with some of the things we talked about, retail sales mm-hmm. jumping, wholesale prices rising, CPI coming in where it came in, that on top of the jobs report. Mm-hmm. I I am overwhelmingly confident mm-hmm. that May is going to be 25 basis points in addition to that. And the CME that we've talked about in the past, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. You couldn't even say it. Yeah, right. Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Uh, what, is, what didn't I say? I don't know, man. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's very unnatural. Are you sure this is a real thing? But the expectation of this another the... 25 basis points in June, up to 48%. That's yeah. June. What, what is this? The, the prediction of another 25 basis points after March, after May, and another one in June. Why? No. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's see. So, that would, so the one in March will take us so to five. So the one five. in March will take us to five. The one in May will take us to five, point, five and a quarter. And then the one in June would five, take- Five and a half. Five and a half, which yeah. is- I, mean, I see that as a, pro- as, a, as, a, as a likely probability, yeah. And then, which, which means everyone should start thinking about that's not even the beginning of the hold. Right. So with all these with all these factors, with with retails going up, with PPI going up, with CPIs remaining sticky, consumer debt still hanging around. What does that what does that mean? If anything, okay, the the government saying is after all these things get it up, you got to hold it. Yeah. When all these things go up, you got to hold it. You got to you got to pause. You don't want this. you You don't want the system to explode. You don't want to move it too much. You don't. you can't you can't move too much because if you overstimulate the market. I can't do it. <laughs> the problem is I'm looking in the face when I'm saying it. <laughs> if you, uh, you overstimulate the market, <laughs> something's going to explode. <laughs> the economy's so sexy. We, we can make this fun. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh, man. Get overstimulated. So, <laughs> so the government hasn't come out and declared a recession for 2022. That's not going to happen. What's well, the government, man? No, the 
What? National Bureau yeah. of Economic Research. Yeah, that. I'm pretty sure everyone there is dead. You haven't heard from them in forever. Dead, right? Remember when they came out and made you a statement? Go, go, go on their website. They're not even talking about this yeah, they, shit. They, they they're can't. still they're doing research on like the psychological effects of things that happened during the pandemic. <laughs> they're like, they're shit, like, there's UFOs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So Amber hasn't come out and declared a recession in 2022, right? If anything, with all these positive reports, they're just pushing out the numbers, which means a recession is going to get pushed out even further, right? Until we have two negative quarters of GDP growth, these numbers start to come down with retail sales jumping up, right? I, I mentioned earlier, November, December experience declines. All of a sudden in January, we see a crazy jump of 3%. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is why Jerome Powell is going to need to see enough evidence of consistent downward trend because look, even two months back to back isn't enough. He's going to need to see three, four, five months. Yeah, yeah. I, look, remember when I told you people was out there celebrating the stock market like, oh, we're slowing down the the, the cadence of, of Fed interest rate increases. Yes, this is a win. Yes. And I'm going yeah. like, no, no, it's bad. Bad, bad, bad. Y'all don't understand what's happening here, man. Yeah. And yet that's the crazy thing is Wall Street will trade based off this weird ass faux optimism. And you're like. I'm sitting there looking at the television screen some days, literally cussing, going like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? What are you doing? Yeah, man. And there's just weird optimism. Like, everybody wants the bull market. Nobody wants the bear market. Everybody wants the possibility of making, you know, increases. Nobody wants the decreases. And I'm like, yo, you can trade. Mm -hmm. You can trade down. You can trade up. You can make money in both markets. But everybody wants that market where everything rises. Mm -hmm. And that's just not reality, dude. Right. Your home values don't always go up. Mm -hmm. Your car values tend to go up and down depending on, you know what, sometimes they go down a lot, sometimes they go down less. Right. But the fact of the matter is, is we're expecting all these things to be, be at this weird cadence that's just not tenable. And people are getting frustrated when you talk about it on social media because they're buying in so hard, mm -hmm. so hard to their internal bias. This has to be this way because this is all I know. Right. And it's like, well, maybe all you know is an uneducated view sometimes. Right. Maybe what you, all you know is hope, and that's not real. It's not real, and no two recessionary economies are the same. So you can't, you know, just because you've been through others, you can't just assume that it's going to be the same this time around. Look, what the Fed has done this time around, we've said it before, we'll say it again, they did eight historical, you know, rate hikes. Four 75 basis points back to back to back to back. I mean, I, look, I don't blame people who didn't expect that. I don't. That's unprecedented. Because they know they had to act quick, and that yeah, was the only option. You they had, had a Fed that acted late. You yeah. had you had everybody in the economy who, who's who's older and lived through recessionary economies. They've never seen anything like this. Yeah, just imagine imagine a car going like hundred miles an hour, and then you pull in the emergency brake. That it, it's not just going to stop. It's going to skid. It's going to take a while for it to come to a dead stop. That's a very violent, you know, example. What do you want me to say, man? I don't know, like a roller coaster example where no a one's going to die. Who said it's going to die? They pulled the emergency brake. There's no one in front of them. No one behind them. You didn't say that yeah had that but, now. That, but that was you you assumed that that's on me bro that's why that's you don't drive me, me anywhere that's i don't let you drive nowhere me i don't drive i don't let the intern drive either. you drove to work today though didn't you <laughs> uh, <laughs> too soon no i had a great time yeah, so, you did. so everybody yeah, it was cool it was, good. It was nice yeah. having you there you felt like it was a holiday <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for you to take me out to lunch you Nothing? vacation not bro i had to get lunch in the food truck today oh that hibachi like grill place yeah i got I myself tell. some filet mm. some rice more rice. Feel good about yourself? <laughs> no, I did not feel good about myself. I was in a rush, man. I had to, I had to get to some meetings. All right. So now that I've lathered you all up, lathered. with lathered, 
and stimulated. Stimulated you, but not overstimulated you. Right. I'm prepared to overstimulate you now. Let's go. Because one, I, you know, the sad part was I used to actually, I used to be in love with Zillow the way everybody else did. Mm-hmm. I would see their media come out and be like, look, they're a data aggregator. Yeah. They got all this data. Like they're, they're not, they're just telling you what it is. It's the number one search engine for homes. Yes. They've got cachet. They're, they're a valuable resource. Everybody knows their name. Everyone looks at their values. I'm gonna go. People were saying, "I'm gonna go Zillow the value." Yeah, it exactly. became a term. What's his estimate? Yeah, zestimate. Yeah, zestimates. <laughs> but the more and more I've I've spent time really looking at them as a company, mm. I don't like them. <laughs> I be, don't like you them. Be careful. Yeah, you, them, the company. Yes. Okay. I do not like the company. Got it. All right. You got to be, got to be careful. Yeah, pronouns I, these that's days. what I'm pronouns trying to tell you. I said them. Okay, the company. Okay, we good. I don't like right. the company. Yeah, them, yeah, them is probably a little harsh. Right. The company, what it does in aggregate. Okay. So, as a great example of why I don't like them, the company. There's an article I ran across by sheer happenstance from Fortune. Now, I try to steer clear of any articles that that has the word Zillow in it. Yeah. Because I know that the reaction is probably going to piss me off. There's only one one place in my heart is Redfin. Redfin, act, yeah, for what they do, they're 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 incredibly transparent. Mm-hmm. They're uh, playing the long game here. They're yeah, waiting, fun, they're waiting for Zillow to put their own foot in their mouth one day, and everyone be like, "All right, fuck this, I'm going." Can we, why Redfin? Why is it? Why are those the names you pick? What do you mean? Can I get like a housing related name? Like, yeah. why you got to make this shit up? You're not Google. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, exactly. That's what you know. That's what so, they're going for. Yeah. In Redfin. Yeah. That, that's incredibly descriptive for something that means nothing. Yeah. It's incredibly descriptive. You know, like that's at true. least Zillow means absolutely nothing. That's true. We're a red fin, Saeed. Yeah, yeah it's gotta it's gotta mean something. I'm a black hand. Yeah. What do I do for a living? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What does red fin do? Black crown. Just stop. What? That's different. The black crown was a crown that the Buddha wore. Or one of the Buddha warriors, people in Buddhist culture, uh-huh. that was responsible for enlightening the masses. Really, not was not a play on like black rock or uh, no black stone. That or... was just a, a sheer coincidence of Got my brilliance. It. Got it. Oh, okay. So of course, you know, actually, it was uh, somebody else's brilliance, Lillian. Oh, uh, Redfin. The That's company it. name is uh, the word Finder and Friend. That's Finder and Friend. And none, is an anagram for that? It, and none of their. In, if it's an anagram for something and we don't get it, it's yeah. a shitty anagram. It, sh- <laughs> uh, the world, you know? the shittiest. That's that's a shitty. Can anagram. you also? Can you please Google popular anagrams? That, that that's a terrible anagram. Yeah, I want to know what else is out there. Words made popular anagrams. What what is what kind uh, of shit? Uh, are you this looking? is terrible, dude. You this are the worst scary. Google person ever. <laughs> Anagrams of popular in Scrabble. Why do you keep pulling up Scrabble websites? Yeah, this guy's trying to play a game over here, man. Never mind. Bro, just stop. Yeah. Stop. You're 50 anagrams found for popular. What? Oh, so you know what? This is stupid. We're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Rune, you're, you're back to the intern role. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is shit. 20 examples of anagrams. God, dog. Arm, wow. ram, god, dog, pins, You would. Spins. The first one you read was ram. Of course it would be. <laughs> Yeah, you can't trust anybody with Ram in his name, including yeah. Arm. Yeah. I don't like arms. I don't like arms. Meats, Steam, Best, Bets, Beak, Bake. This is terrible. Ring, Grin, Sink, Sink. Okay, on to why Zillow's dog shit. Wow. I wasn't going to say that. That's very graphic. Wow. 
According to Fortune, almost every month for the past year, Zillow has revised its 12-month home price outlook downward. But it finally changed on Monday. Mm. Yay! Sirens, horns, celebration, realtors getting off their OnlyFans accounts saying, I'm no longer going to say these pictures of myself in the nude because I'm back in the game, baby. I'm going to go pay Zillow. More money for leads because the tide has turned, man. Right. Of course. Zillow says the home price correction is winding down. Here's what 28 other forecast models have to say. Because you don't want to say one or other, a couple other models, somebody else's models. 28 real other quick. models have to say. Real quick. How much does it cost? Do you know? Do you know anyone that's paid for those Zillow leads? Like, what is it? How does yeah, that work? Yeah, me. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't want to put you out there like that. They're so you pay by zip code and they are egregiously expensive. So you pay by zip code. So if you yeah. want to sell in a certain market, you pay however much. But then there's other people that are also paying. Do they let you know how many people are all yeah, paying so for leads? They usually, so during the height of the pandemic, you couldn't even get in. So you have to buy a zip code. Sometimes you have to buy in a shitty zip codes and wait for your zip code to come up. Mm. And you buy like market share, percentage of the market. The top realtors you see usually have like 40, 50% of the market. So that means they get 40, 50% of leads that go through the Zillow site mm -hmm. to them. What's the success rate on those leads? Do they tell you? They're not They're not super high, but they're higher than most, depending on what they're looking for. Got it. The problem is, is I know the internal back office, they'll filter great leads to, to other clients who pay them a lot and other zip codes. So there's a lot of politics. It's very sus. <laughs> Again with the sus. sus. I'm going to try to use it. Yeah. I'm use it until the wheels fall off. Fortune once again tracked down the latest home price forecast from 29 of the nation's leading real estate researchers. Mm. And according to this chart, and I'll just describe it, California's all negative. But they had states like New Mexico, positive. Florida, positive. Texas was largely negative. So the, the numbers here all look negative. But this, ironically, had a, a subtitle right below it. I don't know if you caught it in the picture. It said, expected shift between november 2022 and november 2023 and it, effectively the worst they get is negative 10 percent. but mm. all the green areas were expecting values to go up 10 percent. that's insane so what they're saying is effectively a net kind of somewhere in between a neutral if not slightly positive is what they were alluding to despite all the red you see on this chart in the next year mm. What crack pipe are you smoking, Zillow? Do, yeah, I, I want to. Do they? Does any of their stuff? Because I, I just steer clear of their stuff. I know you like to see what they put. I out. like to get in because I like to get really, really angry. Yeah, and then ram my groin into a doorknob for an hour <laughs> because nothing makes me happier than reading really shitty data. Do they even take into account any of the other economic like markers out there? They they try to, but they spin it all. They they pick and choose what data they they, they so want. So they, they like. They, how, how do you spend uh, Jerome Powell being pissed? Because they don't look at that. So here's what their their models. So they have 29 of the models. Here's what they typically do, and I've seen them do this over and over again at nauseum. It's really frustrating. Is they'll go, okay, um, our forecast says the Fed's going to hold rates through this period of time, but because they're going to hold rates, the market will stabilize. More more sellers will come back to market, and the buyers who've been waiting in the sidelines with cash are going to jump in and they're going to buy a lot because there's such a little supply in the market. And it goes back to that, you know, demand, supply, supply, right. demand argument. Right. And it's such bullshit. Right. Now, the same day this article comes out, the exact same day, I'm on Apple News and I'm scrolling, mm -hmm. you know, innocently scrolling. I read this article and I'm like, what in the actual fuck, Zillow? God yeah. damn it. And I get all mad, right? And I'm, I'm pissed. Like, I'm really, really angry pissed. Right. I put the phone down. I'm not looking at news. Okay. But the same day, the next the next morning from the night before, I get a loving text message, DM 
on Instagram. And this is what I love about my Instagram following now. People who the people who support us will send me stuff like this. Oh, I know. I love because that. they know they know yeah. what's going to really turn me on. Exactly. So this was sent to me. My nipples got hard. To the listeners instantly. that do that, we appreciate you. Oh God damn it, we love you. Yeah. So much. So much. I mean, I can't tell you how much this made my day because I know it's going to sound negative, mm. but it's really a, a kick in the face of Zillow, and I like that. Yeah. So this, according to Yahoo Finance, is actually quoting Black Knight data. We talked about this at the top of the show. According to Black Knight, only four, four of the top 50 markets didn't experience any price declines, including Kansas City, Indianapolis, Virginia Beach, and Louisville, while 20 markets experienced price declines up to two by up to 2%. 12 metros saw declines from 3 and 5% from their peaks. And I want to spend a whole hell of a lot of time going over this because I like to throw salt in the Dave Wham- Ramsey. I can't even say it. I'm so mad. Dude, Dave Ramsey. The Wamsey. Wham. Yeah. I want to I wham the Ramsey. Yeah. And for the listeners that uh, haven't heard us speak about Black Knight before, the intern pulls it up one, uh, just so we can clarify. Not, not by his name, though. You're back to intern. <laughs> Black Knight is a leading provider of integrated software data and analytics solutions that facilitate and automate many of the business processes across the home ownership life cycle. Yeah, so I don't, basically, I don't know basically, basically, they provide awesome data. They do provide awesome data. All right, so let's read this chart, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want to go painstakingly over the data here because I think some of these numbers are going to throw people off. Yeah. And I want you to look at me right in the orbits of my eye sockets when I say mm-hmm. this to you, okay? I said, I said. I said, bitch. <laughs> uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I want you to guess what the change from the peak is, not seasonally adjusted. Okay. From the peak of 2022... The peak of 2022, okay. To now, how much are they down? San Francisco, you said, or San Jose? San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to go with 18%. 16.9% down. Wow. San Jose, just below that, 16.4%. Mm. Seattle, Washington, down 15.2%. Now, seasonally adjusted, negative 13, negative 12.7, negative 11.3%. Mm. Phoenix, Arizona, down Negative thirteen point four percent. Austin, Texas, down negative thirteen point five percent. Las Vegas, Nevada, down eleven point nine percent. Sacramento, California, down twelve percent. But all this still above their pre-pandemic levels, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. that's crazy. San Diego, down eleven and a half percent. Los Angeles, California, down ten percent. Salt Lake City, Utah, down 9.4%. Notice we've gone from the West Coast. Now we're moving inward, yes. right? The larger declines were on the West Coast, and it's now moved inward in towards the Midwestern part of the United States. Mm. Denver, Colorado, down negative 10.4%. Riverside, California, yay, yay! <laughs> yeah, Inland Empire. Negative 8.9%. Raleigh, North Carolina, now the East Coast, down negative 8.9%. Portland, Oregon, down 9.2%. Mm. Nashville, Tennessee, down negative 7.1%. Minneapolis, 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 whatever, yeah. down negative 7.4%. Dallas, Texas, hoo-ha! Down negative 0.6%. 6.6. 6.6. <laughs> it was? Thank you. I tried that for you. I can do this for us. Mm-hmm. 
Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, negative 6.8%. Charlotte, North Carolina, negative 6%. Jacksonville, Florida, negative 6.4%. Wow. It goes on, and I'm not going to go through the percentages, but Tampa, Buffalo, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Boston, Massachusetts, Columbus, Ohio, Mm -hmm. New Orleans, Detroit, Michigan, New York, Newark, New Jersey, Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. Birmingham, Providence, Cleveland, Memphis, Richmond, Chicago, St. Louis, Orlando, Baltimore, Philadelphia, San Antonio, Houston, Miami, Oklahoma City, down negative 2.2%. Hartford, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Missouri, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Virginia Beach, and Louisville, Kentucky, down 0.9%. Home prices aren't going to go down, Dave Ramsey? Yeah. What was all that shit? Right. So when we talk about seasonality, what what are what in what seasons are people listing their homes the most? The most yeah, right before summertime. Right before summertime, and ironically, that's around the time where we predict where shit's gonna start hitting the fan for real estate. Yeah. Right. Yep. So if that's if that marks the most opportune time for people to list, and it couples with what's going on in the market, then I mean. That's when I think you can expect to see a lot of listings, a lot of defaults, maybe. Definitely some delinquencies. Can we have a philosophical, sexy debate? We can try. All right, take off your clothes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, all right, there you go. Um, so I'm thinking about this housing market, and obviously people are going to try to hold on to these properties that they got these historic low interest rates on. Yeah, doesn't make but sense for them to leave. They're non-household debt. They're spending on credit cards through the roof. Right. And right now you can find another job and you could probably level this out. But as wages come down mm-hmm. and unemployment rises and it will rise. Okay. That is the Fed's goal. That's well, that is one of the things that's the natural and likely probable byproduct, consequence right. yeah, byproduct of what's happening. If all these things happen and rates continue to rise through June, oh my God, it would be incredibly difficult for the banking system. The stress in the banking system would be amazingly difficult. But the stress on the consumer mm-hmm. is going to be monumental. If mortgage defaults took us down during the Great Recession, I legitimately believe that non-household debt could be what leads the way. The Dodd-Frank Reform Act impacted the way banks underwrite mortgage loans. Right. But it did nothing for credit card debt. It's crazy, man. When you have credit card debt, and you somehow manage it, or let's just say people took out, you know, cash out of their house to pay down their credit cards, you know, they just raise your limits. Mm-hmm. And they just, people go right back to the same problem. Oh, it, that it's a have. very parasitic cycle. Right? It's terrible. So, it almost feels like there should be some type of reform act with that to where they should be limited on how much they can increase. There would be, in theory, if that's the way it played out. Right. Keep in mind, subprime auto, auto debt right now is crazy. Right. So between auto and credit card debt plus the student loan we're, we're, thanks for the forgiveness there biden yeah how's that working out yeah not. we got a plan b and i'm still waiting yeah if, if his plan b was a contraceptive we've had the baby already <laughs> like, i'm saying it's been a long time yeah i think they pa- what do they pause payments i think until june i think yeah but still like look man it's unconstitutional we've gone through this whole thing it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. Saeed just side-eyed the shit out of your room for not looking that up he <laughs> yeah. was like get off your like, phone this boy on, this guy's on Instagram he over was, here. Woo, you just got he, uh, he was ready to throw a beer at you um, 
So your phone's let's, flashing. Let's, Somebody texting you in the middle of the show. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you go ahead and read, 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 read it? Read the listeners. I'll turn the mic on. You want to do that? Yeah, we're back to law school. You want, you want to read it to the listeners a little bit? <laughs> Tell them who what's so important that you can't actually talk. You know, and do the research in the show. So look, hold on. Um, I can get back on track. Let's <laughs> let's get let, let's run through some examples. So how does this play out for people if they're non household debt, mm-hmm. right? Sky high. And it's now starting to impact. We already know they can't afford a four hundred dollar emergency expense. Let's say you bought a home two years ago. Let's you know what here. Let's say you bought a home three or four years ago, and your home value has gone up forty some percent. Let's mm-hmm. be let's be conservative, forty percent. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you bought a million dollar home. Your home went up forty percent. Yeah. One point four. Sure. Okay. And when you bought the home, you put twenty percent down. Yep. So you owe eight hundred grand on this one point four million dollar home. Yeah. You racked up credit card debt. You're not going to get a bonus this year at your job. You got autos that you that you had. You might lose your job. Might lose your job. You or your wife. You know, mm-hmm. unemployment hits. I mean, how much are you going to allow you and your family to dip into your safety net savings before you decide to? You know. But now your home's gone down in some markets. Let's just say fifteen percent the other way. Yeah. You know, let's just say ten percent. Easy math, right? One point four, one hundred forty, down to one point three. Okay, and some change. Whatever. Yeah. So, 1.3 million. Let's call it 1.25. How about that? Say everything. 1.25 million. So now you got half a million dollars or so, mm-hmm. or yeah, half a million dollars in your property, give or take. Mm-hmm. Maybe 700 grand, depending on fees. Are you going to refinance, consolidate your debt? You get a super high interest rate on that second home. Who's going to Who's going to give you a second trustee right now? Exactly. How are you going to pay off your debt? At what point do you start saying, okay, we got to figure out we have a, We have a legitimate problem here. We have a legitimate problem. So then and we, how do you handle that, that debt obligation? How, how do you, how do, you right? how do you get out of that? Right. So here's my question. How does this play out for people that want to, okay, let's say they go down the path of bankruptcy. No, I don't think, they, I think, I think the lever they pull isn't bankruptcy at first. I, I think know. the lever they pull is they say, let's monetize our equity in this property. Let's sell it. Yes. That, 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 I mean, that's the first thing that they would have to do. But what if, if someone does file for bankruptcy, okay, right, and you own a home, how does that picture look for them? Well, I mean, in some states they have, they have homestead rights where your home is protected. Yeah, uh, Florida is a great example of that. Uh, in some states like California, you don't have those protections. Right now, you can go into bankruptcy, and depending on the type of bankruptcy you go into, you can go to Chapter Eleven, which is unusual for individuals, but you can do a reorganization. You can go to Chapter Seven, which is full liquidation. Yeah. Most people go the full liquidation route, I think, based on what I've seen. So you'd be forced to sell your home. You'd be forced to find a way to consolidate your debt and pay off your debt obligations. Yeah. For a full liquidation, which is Chapter Seven, that usually would involve selling your home. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that could easily happen to a lot of people. Look, if you said that with the Fed raising interest rates, it's a byproduct for unemployment to go up. Mm-hmm. Their prediction, the Fed's predictions, was 4.6% by the end of the year. We are at 3.4% right now. That is over a million jobs. Yep. Disney's, Disney's going to let all those people go. <laughs> the they already said 7,000 people, gone. You know what somebody said to me on social media? Hmm. I was like, hey, you know, Disney let off 7,000 people, and they have total cost savings with, obviously, their other businesses and, you know, consolidated efficiencies to about $5.5 billion. Yeah. He's like, bro, do the math. That's like seven hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars per job, and I'm like, do people just like love to just troll? <laughs> like, do you, did you not? 
hear what I said? Right. Yeah. So now because you're incompetent and a smart ass. Yeah. I got to explain to you that you can't listen yeah. <laughs> and you're too lazy to Google. Right. Exactly. Do like how, how am I the problem here? So that's how you got to just start. You get into a point, man, where you can't respond to every no, respond negative to comment. You can't. I, mean, I, I love, I love when they respond, they retort. This mm -hmm. guy retorted because he's retorting. Yeah. <laughs> and he retorted and he said, if you would be a little more clear. Wow. In your communication, th this wouldn't be a problem. Wow. To which I responded. It's a 30-second video. Yeah, what do you want from Did me, Did you dude? want a doctoral thesis? Yeah. On the implications of Disney's financials? I mean, wh what did you want? Right. Yeah. You can't make everybody happy, man. We got to break things down a little bit better. Milton Friedman style. Milton Friedman. What a G that guy was. Gangster, right? God damn it. He simplified everything. Yeah. Y'all look him up. Yeah. You get some old school grainy videos of him on YouTube. Dude passed away. Mm. If I was an intern right now, I'd be Googling Milton Friedman. Yeah. Oh, you are not on the ball. Are you okay? Let's turn his mic on for a second. He's going through, he's, my man's going through a <laughs> what are, lot. What are you going through over there? Yeah. What's going on? Nothing, man. Let's have, let's have a therapy session. Why are you lying? <laughs> the audience is here to help you help yourself. Yeah. Talk to them. Tell them. All right, let's get into this. Um, right wow. The this, this is not how you build rapport. <laughs> now, now Saeed and I are both going to get DMs about how impersonal you're we're being so, right now. We're so mean to the, to Odun. Now, they're oh, gonna, no. They're going to be like, this guy, what is he, like, big leaking us? Like, his problems are more important in the world that like, you can't share? <laughs> oh, no, no. I talked about my ass getting lasered. <laughs> I'm literally about to open my mouth and talk about it. Well, oh, I usually, well, he I usually you know, he can tell because he goes... <laughs> And then you speak. That's just me breathing. Bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Batman problem. Let's we go. gotta get you a CPAP. Let's go. Uh just basically, as you know, we bought our house in Anaheim Hills, uh what was it a year and a half ago now? Yeah. Um the wife is not happy with the house. There's a lot of things that she wants different. And we are talking to a few contractors in remodeling the inside of the house. Mm-hmm. So, I can't believe you're going here. This is this is very personal. Like, why would you go here? Yeah. <laughs> well, you asked why I'm off my game. Yeah. And we had a pretty healthy discussion right before we started the show. So I'm just lost in those thoughts right now. Oh, uh, so we messed you up. No, uh, no, 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 not at all. It's just you're he's blaming it us. He, he put no, this on you. He's put the, yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to word everything we talked about. We, we basically, no, 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 basically no, no. for the listeners that need a little bit of backstory since we've actually gone through with this. Um, Orun was explaining to Chris and I about uh, some of the finance options that he was looking into for a major home improvement project. A, a ma yeah, probably the biggest home improvement project that you know most people would ever experience. And we were just going through the logistics and the finances and what some payments would look like. And I think it was a lot to take. I, I may have gotten a little overzealous with my analogies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, like it's kind of what you guys keep talking about. You know, the layoffs. I was a part of that. Right. I got laid off, started a new job. Thank mm. God. Um, it was one month of being unemployed, but still, mm. right. We do have some savings. I was part of the group that, you know, had two full-time jobs at one point. Mm -hmm. I was very short lived, but yeah. So just thinking about everything, thinking about how I'm going to go home, talk to the wife about the finances. Again, we have the contractor coming on on Saturday mm -hmm. to finalize the agreement. And, I'm trying to push it back at least at least like nine months. I think and I think the valuable part about this conversation that I think you should get into was, you know, how people are sold the American dream. Right. That, you know, you're sold this idea to every we should all get your dream home, build it however you want it. 
to live in it long term, spend as much money to make it look nice and functional for you and your family. But what does that what does that ultimately do? Creates more jobs, makes you spend more money. Yeah. Right. And this is part of the American dream is to keep the American economy stimulated. I can go on about the so I haven't really actually had this conversation on the show, but I truly believe that the American educational system and the ideology of the American dream was fabricated in such a, a way that it was built to really push us into a life of servitude. Yeah. And I know that it sounds overly sarcastic and kind of overzealous, but I, I, I want everybody to take, a, take a, a little like leap of faith with me, okay? Mm-hmm. We make jokes about how, how the prison system has strikingly strikingly similar corollaries to the prison system the, the prison system and the education system sorry. okay yeah um you go to school bell rings you got recess the yard i mean there's a lot of similarities between the u.s prison system and the u.s educational system yeah it's almost like the same psychological things are being applied there's the same psychological it's like a pavlov dog you ring a bell yes and you get these instilled behaviors mm-hmm. right those who do not become institutionalized through school and adopt this system where you continue to be institutionalized either wind up wildly successful entrepreneurs right or in prison where they continue to be institutionalized crazy and you know i'm not saying there's there's direct science behind this but if you go back to the early days the educational system some of the wealthiest entrepreneurial families at the time in like the 1920s came together, the Vanderbilts, the Rothschilds, and they were asked by the then presidency and, and the presidentials, well, the Senate and everybody else around them to come up with what they needed from workers who were employed by these major magnets, steel, coal, mm-hmm. right? Real estate. What do you need from the people that are working from you, or working for you? What do you need to be more successful in your business? Basically saying, how can we make you wealthier? Right. When you think about the context of what it was back then, that the American dream was born out of this, how do I keep the worker working? Right. How do I keep this person wanting to spend money and continue to keep up with their neighbors so that they continue to want to work hard for me? Right. How do I instill a healthy degree of fear vis-a-vis motivation? And so very few people today truly break free from that self-ingrained fear because we're brought up in this system. If you don't get an A, Saeed, you're a failure. Right. You get an F. Why is it F for failure? Why can't it be a system? A, B, C, D, F is for failure. F is for failure. Yeah. Well, what are we doing? Right. Why, why are we saying that kids who are not good in math but great in English why are we saying anything bad about them? That kid could just have an aptitude for different skills. Absolutely. I know plenty of really intelligent people who can't do really simple stuff on a car, mm-hmm. who wouldn't be able to paint their house if you asked them to. That doesn't make them stupid. Or don't want to even take the time to learn. Yeah, they, they just want to put their energy somewhere else. Yeah. But even if you don't, that's not your skill set. Why are we... People always bastardize trade schools too. Go learn how to be a mechanic. Go learn how to do this. Go learn how to do that. Right. I don't see a problem with trade schools. Zero problem. And honestly, I'll tell you right now, and I know a lot of people on, on the show, oh my God, but it's true. Religion and education are two of the biggest hustles in human history. Mm-hmm. 
the wealthiest landowner in the world, Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. How are you going to beat decades of tax-free donations? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> How are you going to beat that? Yeah. Right? And then you look at education. Some of these schools have multi-billion dollar endowments, earning more off interest than they're ever going to get from students paying their tuition. So insane. Harvard, Yale, Texas. People giving them money. Thank you. I want my son to get in so my son has a better chance of getting into the ecosystem. Right. This is crazy. And now we do it in the corporate world. People want to go work for Goldman Sachs. They get Goldman Sachs on the resume. We farm them up. You'll be the CEO of something. or the, You'll be at some bank here. You'll be an economist there. There's all these like farm leagues. And there's so few independent entrepreneurs that break free of this, build something, and they're completely independent of it. Right. And, I'm, and, and the sad part is, is some people who do break free and do this, they build publicly traded companies and they get back into the ecosystem of of this like labor force of this of this institutionalized mentality. This is why I tell people so much of the time like if you build a big company and it's truly valuable to you and it makes money, yeah. Don't take it public. Don't do that. Mhm. You'd be bending at the will of the institutional world. Right. Don't. Give it to your kids. They screw it up, that's fine. But give them an opportunity to create cash flow from them for themselves the same way that made you successful. Yeah, people miss this. I know it's a bit of a diatribe, and I'm on a soapbox, but I, I truly believe that a lot of the things that we think we are helping people with don't help them. Right. That's why we have the show. That's why we do have the show. I agree. Something that something that I try to implement in our household with going back to, you know, the schooling education system being you know an institution. Right. With Adam and Aria, I try really, really hard to never um give them kudos for the grade that they get if i notice the slightest detail of like hard work that they effort that they put into something that's what i try to you know compliment them on because ultimately what i want them to do is get gratitude or fulfillment out of the hard work that they put into something so someday decide to you know grow up and do something on their own they don't feel fulfilled because they're earning a lot of money or something they feel fulfilled by the effort that they're putting into something and they're building something on their own. You know what I let these kids kids be taught? If you go back to high school now, based on everything that you know, how different would your experience be today? Mm. It'd be a lot different, right? Yeah. Do you think that's because you're a smarter human being? I mean, define smarter. It, you're more experienced, but yes. you're not smarter. Exactly. Same IQ, right? That's how I define smarter, though. Someone who's well experienced. Okay. Well, let, let, let me give you a different tact. Your experience has given you a level of emotional maturity you yeah. did not have back then. Absolutely. And yet, emotional maturity is not something we help teach kids. No way. Yeah. We say, oh, there are chemicals, there are hormones all over the place. Like, they'll, they'll settle it out. Little Timmy will figure it out. Right. And it's like, why, why are we waiting for little Timmy to figure it out? Why, right. why aren't we proactively teaching Timmy mm-hmm. about how to be a more mature adult? Why aren't we doing things to help kids go through their problems and their, their maturation period? Mm-hmm. Instead, we're, we're sending kids through all these courts. Or, his, teach, or just teaching kids simple financial literacy. They don't do it. Yeah, they why? They, they why do, do they it. choose? They, that, Here's that, micro and macroeconomics. That's a choice. Look, I don't care who it is. Teach a kid about how to... You could easily walk into a school, any school in the country. I don't care if it comes from rich kids or poor kids. Right. I don't care what economic or socioeconomic class you're in. You walk in, here's what you say. Kids, I'm here to teach you how to get rich. 
Right. Do you want to learn or do you not? <laughs> I guarantee you most kids are going to be like, wait, what? Yeah, huh? What's this guy talking about? I mean, we're institutionalizing these kids. If I'm saying, look, I'm going to teach you how to not do this for a living. Yeah. And I'll go, you know, Timmy, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to I want to own a business. Great. I'm going to teach you how to do that. You want to learn how to start an LLC, a company? I'm going to show you how, how to do that. Right. Kevin, what do you want to do? I want to be an OnlyFans model. Kevin, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll teach you how to form an LLC so your OnlyFans Timmy can come to you. Mm-hmm. I'll teach you about the taxes. I'll teach you how to buy a home. I'll teach you how to manage your credit. Right. And I'll teach you how to not spend $140,000 on remodeling your home at the worst point in economic history in your adult lifetime right now. Right. I love you. I'm not going to turn your mic back on so you can't incriminate yourself. <laughs> but <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, I, yeah, this, this all this stuff bothers me. Is I, I look at so much of what I thought was my, my working class dream. But it goes back to not not to cut you off, even you just, though I just well, did, you even did, though yeah, I just did, even though off. I just did. But hold on, hey, Saeed, so, not to cut you off, but hold yeah, on. Yeah, but hold on, because I get I get where some people are coming from, where they they want to spend that hundred forty thousand dollars to renovate their 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 dream home, right? To make it their dream home, which is fine. Do it when it's the right time, though. It, it, it depends. It depends on what your goals are, right? No, 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 no. no. I, I, I take major objection with that. Yeah. Your goals are irrelevant to the economy. No, no, no. You got to know. You got to, you have to be, you have to understand what's going on with the economy and make a rational decision, right? I'm not saying to just blindly do something. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. But if your goals are to do that, I agree. You should do that. Yeah. If you, I've always, I've always said on the show, utility should matter more to you than the cost. We've said that. Right. The utility you get out of it. Mm-hmm. But, there's a time and a place and a smart way to do things. Yeah. So I don't think with the uncertainty we have in an unprecedented set of circumstances, which led to an unprecedented set of Fed and trade increases going into what is literally the unknown. Right. I don't think that I would be comfortable taking that risk right now, especially if that were dependent on jobs that I've just started on having possibly dual sources of income that are not stabilized. Right. And for underwriting purposes, every time you get a loan, you're talking at least six months. Yes. So I would probably say wait six, seven months, get some stabilization, figure that out, and then do that. And I know that sounds very harsh. I live in an 1,180 square foot place. I don't think that sounds harsh. I don't. I think it sounds very reasonable. It's not. I don't know, man. You give me the harsh look. No, no, it's not. I'm just, I just understand where some people might be and they, it's not it's their fault. It's easy to give in a they temptation. I get that. Right. And they don't, and some people just don't understand, you know, the costs associated with this. So when you broke down the finances, I think it opened some eyes. Well, I mean, especially when you have like short-term debt loans, like five, right. five years, you got to repay that thing in five years. The counter argument, which Arun didn't make was I got a five-year loan. I'm going to pay 10% interest. You know, this is my interest payment, which is a lot. When you start breaking it down on a monthly basis, 10%, even not compound interest, just 10% straight, simple mm. interest, 10, 10%, 1400 bucks, you know, $14,000 a year divided by 12, it's north of $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. But even if that's all good, you pay off all the interest, you pay down some principal, at the end of five years, you got to pay that thing off, assuming it's not fully amortizing or at least amortizing at all. Most people... Turn around and say, well, I'm just going to refinance my house and refinance a mortgage. But right now you can't do that. Right. You're going you're gonna to take that 2% rate, 3% rate and, and dump it. I mean, I know you live in a palazzo, 
a lot. So, but you know, that that's the problem. And that's where I think a lot of America is heading with, with these rates and, and, and what they're dealing with is, is you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere and where are you going to do it? And traditionally the outlet was I'll do a cash out refinance or I'll do a rate and term refinance and roll in my debt. Mm-hmm. And or a lot of people get a home equity line of credit, home equity line of credit. And I'll tell you, a lot of those things are going to dry up and home equity line of credit is going to have a higher interest now mm-hmm. than it had a, certainly a couple of years ago. So I, I don't think the relief valves that that the American consumer is used to having is still there. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Yeah. We're pausing for emphasis, a little bit of emphasis right there. <laughs> don't let your wife listen to the show. And if she does, I love you so much. Not you, Arun. I love her. You're just here. She's yeah. everywhere. She's a very sweet lady. She's a very sweet lady. She's very pregnant. You better rub that tongue. We, we you respect know. we respect her hormones. You respect her immensely. <laughs> immensely. You I do not. Her I do. All right, kids. Is that it? You want to say goodnight? I think we say goodnight. Oh yeah. Before we before we head out, make sure you listen to us, whether that's on Apple or on Spotify, and go ahead and leave us an honest five star review. We've been we've been stuck around this 172 mark on Apple and 85 on Spotify. Come on, y'all! I know more of y'all listening. Show the love for your boys. We love you. Yeah. They've I, already they've I already need, left. They you know they left when you were on your soapbox. I need, I need 200. <laughs> I need it. I need 200 views. 100. percent All right. Well, good night, kids. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.